Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Is the problem? You got all the questions. Okay, okay, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying. Okay. I've never seen anything like this. Could cause uh, everybody to freak out. This is a new way. And it's a new day. It is roughly in the microwave. Because consciousness is expanding. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Stop your honking! I hear you! I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty! Studio C, senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Giddy Entormation compound? Compound. It's funny, I got distracted mid-sentence. Wow, that's not good. Mm. Really not good. Shiny got, object. Got the, uh, well, literally, yeah. Yeah, it was a shiny object. <laughs> like a flea over here. What? What was that? What's that? Huh? Uh, the Armstrong and Getty Show. This morning, under the tutelage of General Manager, the American people. I say that because the hyperpartisan, frequently idiotic, misleading discussion about immigration is back on the front pages. And so we have done costly research into what the American people actually think. And when you look at the polling by the most reputable of pollsters, you will see a, a, a so completely different landscape than you would gather from, you know, watching the news, listening to the news, reading the newspapers, the websites of America. It's just it's a it's a funhouse mirror view of America whenever you watch right. the media, in my opinion. And I I was surprised by quite a bit of the statistics. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, having said that, let's uh, stick with the tradition. It hasn't. Hasn't uh, failed to serve us yet of introducing everyone on the squad and, and getting a little uh, getting a little hello from them. Let's begin with the guy who could turn us all off if he wanted. Board operator Michael Angelo. Michael, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm in a good mood. This weekend, a nightmare ends for me. I'm finally getting my dining room table delivered. Oh, <laughs> finally. Jeez. You've I been eating in, on the floor like a savage? I've been what? eating at the counter for the past, uh, let's see, three months, I guess. And uh, we found a really nice dining room table. It was on closeout. Got a great price on it. It's this beautiful table, but the only stipulation was, well, it's going to be here in 90 days. And so oh! the question was, do we wait for 90 <laughs> days or 
Are they whittling it from a single <laughs> piece of from, wood? It's coming from another country, and so it finally uh, got uh, here. Yes, is there, are you yes. paying a tariff yeah. on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. well, maybe. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ninety days are waiting for the tariffs to kick in so they can gouge you. Yeah, probably. So, <laughs> so some poor American carpenter is. Uh, wait a second, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing from him uh, through my psychic powers. Oh, Michael, now I can't feed my family. <laughs> and you're, you're buying <laughs> Chinese crap instead of American made. No, this is good stuff. I'm hoping. For you know what we paid for it. But oh, anyway. great! I'll tell my starving children it was a good table. It would have been an expensive. We eat for weeks. We could have. Hey, well, you'll appreciate oh, this, Marshall, because yes. because it was going to take so long. They yeah. threw in the delivery, and they're going to assemble it. So ah, they threw that all in the pre- free assembly, oh, nice. and so I, mean, I don't have to worry about putting together a table, Marshall. There you go. There you go. Because it could take you up to like three minutes to put together a table. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! A table. <laughs> Uh, positive Sean's smile lights up the room. Go ahead, Sean. What's up? Uh, I went to go uh, the Cinemaplex last night. Saw John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. It is a uh, it is a rip roaring action packed adventure. It okay. wastes no time getting into it. Is that um, kind of a shooting and punching movie? Oh, much, so much shooting, so yes. much, a lot of gunplay, a lot of oh, close no. combat, knife fighting. Oh, oh, look out. oh chainsaw yeah. encounters. Uh, no chainsaws in this one oh, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do, f- I, I, positive Sean, I have my pulse on the, on the, on <laughs> my fingers on the pulse <laughs> of the American people. Yep. I do feel this will be a very popular movie, but it will not be the thing to knock off Avengers Endgame from the top of the box office. The R rating and the aforementioned gunplay right. and close combat knife right. fighting, uh, make it a, a smaller audience that it's playing to. But I, I, if you like the first two John Wick movies, you will certainly like this one. And, uh, it does one of my favorite things in all action movies where it works the title of the movie Parabellum into a line of dialogue in the movie. Oh Love it. That's Love a it. geometry thing, right? Uh, uh, no, I believe it's uh, it's it's a translation of a Latin phrase. If if you want peace, prepare for war. Parabellum is the prepare uh, for oh, war oh, part oh, of that. Oh, I say. see. I, I was thinking of a parabola. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. The U shape. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. My my mistake. I, uh, school was <laughs> quite some time ago. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Marshall, good morning. Good morning. I've got to tell you guys, I am back on the scratcher wagon again. Oh man, you are a you're a junkie. Latin now last pack. Of scratchers that i got that i marinated that i opened up with my old timey quarters paid out nothing zero zip mm. ah, so almost it is makes you think your your method is just a huh. random chance but go on so it's going to be dutch treat bacon next time around i am going to <laughs> ignore the urge for at least a month when i get the itch next time i've decided i will take a sauna where <laughs> what the hell where's our dry erase plan board? Where'd that go? Oh, it's right here. Uh, oh. Write the date down. Oh, okay. One We're, month, he said. Yeah. One, one month. month. This is tough love, Marshall. Yeah. You're nope. going to be twitching. You're going to be sweating and puking. You're going to say there's bugs crawling on your skin and everything. Don't You're going to be desperate for a scratcher. That. And... I'm beginning to already itch. <laughs> God, man. Have a little pity. All right, then. There's so much to get to yeah. today. Let's uh, get to it. Oh, oh, in case you're wondering, Jack is uh, taking care of family business. And we'll be returning, I believe, on Monday. Uh, so at any rate, let's, uh, let's begin the show pre- precisely according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. I can't believe it. I just heard that the worst mayor in the history of New York City, and without question, the worst mayor in the United States, is now running for president. It will never happen. I'm pretty good at predicting things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Think, I mean, he is a terrible mayor. I don't think it's beyond question that he's the worst. 
There are a lot of towns in America, and I'll bet some of them got a real bum. Is he in the conversation? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Certainly. Yeah. And, and listen, it, well, you know what? In the president's defense, if you're going to talk about who's the worst mayor in America, it ought to be badness times population. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Because if some say, uh, what's my new, I got I to gotta memorize it. Coon Hollow or no? no it's uh, Possum Bottom. Yes, no, no possum, possum, possum Trot. Possum Trot. That possum was Trot, it. Kentucky. That was it. If Possum Trot, Kentucky has a terrible mayor, right. it, just, it just doesn't matter. It's one of those towns that has a dog for a mayor and it makes headlines for a while. It just doesn't matter. So, yeah, I think, yeah. You dog know what? for a mayor and the economy soared. I, <laughs> I, I stand corrected. Uh, the president may be right about Bill de Blasio. He's absolutely awful. Um, the thinking among the political uh, knowledge, the politically knowledgeable, is that he's about done being mayor. He's yeah. got awful approval ratings, yeah. terrible, including by uh, Democrats mm-hmm. in this because he's got. I can't remember his approval ratings in the 30s, I think, and Democrats outnumber Republicans six to one in New York City. So yeah, he is w- widely reviled as a mayor. Um, and so he's about to be out of office, but he wants to keep his donor base alive. Oh, okay. And his connections with that community gotcha. for, for whatever's coming next. And this is a good way to bridge the gap. Yep. At least yep. that's yep. the thinking, because it's seriously hilarious that he would run for president. Keep your base, however big or small it is, fired up to keep the cash flow coming. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well summarized. So uh, that and much more. We have mailbag coming up. Oh, it's Friday, so we have clips of the week in just a moment or two. Um, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. Wait, that's what we did. Did we did. do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. with the threat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Marshall, what are our headlines? I knew it was something. Trump tweeting and I'm talking. Trying to, I'm multitasking. And when you're multitasking, it's tough. You're, you're doing nothing. You're doing two things badly. My apologies. Trump tweeting and talking to immigration with a warning to illegals. Don't get too comfortable. Dems chatter about impeachment is heating up, and one West Coast area homeless population jumps by thousands. Stories coming up. The West Coast bum explosion. We have a lot of news on that this morning. All right, let's begin the show at Mark. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Clips of the Week is coming in moments. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Greetings. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it very much. We have some outstanding guests this morning to discuss the news of the day, among other things. Uh, News on the West Coast bum explosion. A lot of good information on uh, immigration, which we will probably get to uh, in the next hour if you are available. To listen to that. Right now, it's time to take a fond look back at the clip at the uh, week that was, rather. It's uh, Clips of the Week. The generic drug industry is the largest private sector corporate cartel in history. So this is really, I think, degenerated into partisan politics. I'm glad this chapter of my life is behind me. And what did that mean? Take care now. He has an incredible slap shot, where if you don't let him score, you are slapped and then shot. But now the former director seems to be acting as a partisan pundit, selling books 
and earning speaking fees while speculating about the strength of my character and the fate of my immortal soul. It's extremely scary. It's frightening. If you're walking, they come up extremely, extremely close to you. I'm Steve Bullock, and I'm running for president. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what have you been proudest to achieve as governor? Um, <laughs> I am... I'm Bill de Blasio, and I'm running for president because it's time we put working people first. And de Blasio makes it an even two dozen, 24 candidates for the Democratic nomination. Well, people have lots of options. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> we'll see. Merit. It is really a condescending word. They're saying family is without merit. Today was Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's 35th birthday, and if you're wondering what he wants, your personal data. Oh, I can't wait to dig into that Nancy Pelosi quote a little bit more. That was a very amusing cow. Mailbag. Richard in Seattle sent this along. Oh, that's right. Yesterday's freedom-loving quote of the day. Somebody was angry at me because I didn't mention who sent it. And I do like to give credit where it's due. And uh, you know the interesting thing about unjamming the printer, Hanson? Is you don't know. Well, I because you unjammed it. I didn't know which of the things I printed got jammed. Now I know. So I can't even... uh, Twice I'm going to offend this man. Plus a charming tale about um, a lady who came home and found a bumette asleep on her couch. Uh, Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day uh, sent along by Richard in Seattle. Uh, Louis Brandeis, the Supreme Court Justice from 1916 to 1939. Some very good information along with your quote, Richard, and I thank you for that. Those who won our independence believed that the final end of the state was to make people free. I'm going to say people instead of men, just because it's a distraction. To develop their faculties. Uh, They valued liberty both as an end and as a means. They believed liberty to be the secret of happiness and courage to be the secret of liberty. Wow. Liberty is the secret of happiness and courage is the secret of liberty. They believe that freedom to think as you will and speak as you think are means indispensable to the discovery and spread of political truth. That without free speech and assembly, discussion would be futile. That with them, discussion affords ordinary adequate protection against the dissemination of noxious doctrines. That the greatest menace to freedom is an inert people. That public discussion is a political duty and that this should be a fundamental principle of the American government. Uh, so, uh, To me, one of the key phrases in there in our current times is that uh, open discussion, free speech is more than enough, uh, you know, uh, penicillin against noxious doctrines and ideas. The idea that you should silence somebody because you don't like what they're saying is awful. Oppose it at all times and in all places. Positive, Sean, your thought? I'm seeing noxious doctrines this Saturday in a very small venue. It's only like 20 people, which is weird because of how loud they play. Bring earplugs. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Dear A&G, writes uh, Tim, like your show. Thank you. Liked your email. Had an idea a while ago regarding snowflakes, millennials, uh, etc. I'm ex-military, so I call them snivillions. <laughs> Snivillions, as in sniveling, I think, certainly. They are just more snivelized than the rest of us. 
And in fact, I believe they are trying to create their own snivelization. What say you? <laughs> P.S. I won't sue if you steal that joke. An excellent reference to a news story earlier this week. Tim, I will not steal it. I will uh, give you full credit. It's pretty funny. Um, let's see another note from our nation's military, and this will be the last word on this topic. The whole submariner versus submariner discussion. Uh, Al Anonymous, um, I'm not sure he's authorized to speak for the uh, the Navy, so I'll keep him anonymous, who is uh, currently serving. I'm sorry, no, he, but he was serving on a United States submarine. Says, uh, Joe, you're right when you say we pronounce it with submarine and not mariner. The U.S. Navy says submariner. The U.K., the, the Royal Navy, says submariner. Most of Europe says submariner because they learned English from the Brits. My personal view is, one, we drive submarines, not submarines. And two, we are not a lesser form of mariner. A submariner. <laughs> Eric, that's some sound reasoning, sir. Thank you for your service. Never forget. Uh, here's, uh, oh, oh man, I'm glad I, I didn't have time to mark out this guy's name, and I almost read it. Then I saw right under it, it says, please don't use my name. Oh, that's a handy tip for mailbag. Make that the first thing you say in the emails, okay? Um, Hi, gents. Uh, Oh, yeah, he's helping me out with um, the term I was looking for yesterday. Iran was was supplying uh, EFPs, explosively formed penetrators, to Shia militias, he says, when I was in Iraq in 2008. Very deadly. Um. It's a, they can cut through a lot of armor. Those were the things they were loading onto the ships. Uh, no, I was looking for the term of what Iran was um, furnishing to the militias back in the day. Oh, that right. was so deadly to our troops. Right, right. They some estimates say that twenty five percent of our war dead in Iraq could be laid directly at the feet of the uh, Iranian regime. Um, so, uh, thank you for the enlightenment, sir. Uh, dear Jack Joe, longtime listener, love you guys. My wife is a drug counselor at a methadone clinic on a, in a West Coast city, uh, West Coast state anyway. She's trying to help people out. That's why she became a counselor. But some of the things she has to put up with are just amazing. And uh, and we've run out of time to read the whole email to you. We'll pick it up on the other side of the break. But the long and short of it is these people don't want help. The West Coast bomb explosion coming to a state near you. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, how you doing? So I want to finish up this note from uh, a gent whose wife is a drug counselor and a major uh, West Coast state city drug rehab clinic the whole reason for becoming a counselor was to help people find their way back to sobriety sobriety but her bosses tell her she's not supposed to try to get these people straightened out just get them in there get their dose of methadone get them out and they often take it out to the parking lot and sell it wow yeah wow yeah so uh on one well we'll get to that later marshall phillips has our news marshall let's get to that first all right president trump up and tweeting saying people in the u.s illegally shouldn't make themselves too comfortable in that series of tweets this morning trump said and i quote border patrol is apprehending record numbers of people at the southern border the bad hombres of which there are many are being detained and will be sent home those which we release under the ridiculous catch and tilis loophole is the way he put it catch and tilis tilis 
Is that? A, I think it's a typo. Is that a ripo? <laughs> I think yeah. Anyway, uh, under that loophole, they are being registered and will be removed later. Trump going on to add in another tweet: "All people illegally coming into the United States now will be removed from our country at a later date as we build up our removal forces and the laws are changed." Please don't make yourself too comfortable. You'll be leaving soon. End of that tweet. Yeah, well, would that it were. That coming on the announcement yesterday of the president's immigration reform plan that would change decades of policy by prioritizing highly skilled workers and those with job offers over family members of those who are already here in admitting immigrants to the country. Younger age and ability to speak English would also weigh as positives. Trump saying yesterday, We discriminate against genius. We discriminate against brilliance. We won't anymore. Sean, do we do we have that Maxine Waters stuff ready yet? I can't wait to get to that. I'll have it for next second. All right, excellent. Yeah. All right. Anyway, project, uh, prospects rather look dim in the divided Congress where Democrats control the House and criticize the plan. Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying, I want to just say something about the word that they use, merit. It is really a condescending word. Are they saying family is without merit? Are they saying most of the people who have ever come to the United States in the history of our country are without merit because they don't have an engineering degree? That was, uh, you know, Jack likes to joke that I have my uh, How to Argue Unfairly clinics. Yes. That was one of the most twisted, inflated, bizarre mischaracterizations I have ever heard in observing politics since I was a wee lad. That was inexcusable. And, and, but, you know, it fits into something that you observe a lot in progressive politics these days. The idea that any hierarchy is bad. Anybody being right. above anyone in any way is bad. It's automatically bad. Somebody makes more money than somebody else, that's bad. Somebody's risen to a higher level in a company, that's bad. And and the powerful are always evil, and the downtrodden are always good. It's victim-oppressor theory, which is really right. big in the universities, too. Um, and, and it's interesting to see it play out in politics because it's it's enormous. It, well, it's it's at the very core of the uh, the politics of, of envy and blame. You must establish that. And if everybody becomes convinced that there's nothing they can do, they are merely victims of their own lives, then you can become their great hope. They are not their own hope. Right, right, right. If, if people are empowered to be their own hope, you can't control them as a politician. But if you can convince them of the opposite, as Nancy Pelosi's trying to do, then, of course, they're going to flock to you like the sheep you want them to be. I find it repugnant, personally. Uh, but imagine that, the idea that merit, the very term merit, those better qualified, those more capable of taking care of themselves, those more capable mm-hmm. of contributing to the United States and her people, the idea that that is somehow an obscenity, something that should not be said, Man, that's a dangerous notion, in my opinion. Marsh, back to you. Democratic House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler discussing the impeachment of President Trump. He was on Capitol Hill, New York congressman, saying Democrats are not going to formally launch impeachment proceedings, not just yet, but... And now they're saying that Congress can't hold the president accountable. That means the president is above the law, and uh, that's intolerable in a democratic society. We, We cannot permit that kind of arrogation of power. You know, it's funny, uh, Trump saying, don't get comfortable because we're going to be rounding you up. 
No, we're not. Not really. I mean, we may eventually change the system so fewer people can come in and say, yeah, yeah, I want that asylum thing, and then just melt into the countryside like they do by the tens of thousands right now. I absolutely agree. So, you know, he was just trying to keep the the, the simmer Mm -hmm. under his base. Mm -hmm. Well, old Nadler has zero intention of impeaching the president. They're just going to sort of pretend to by holding important-looking hearings right. where they all have grave looks on their faces. Right. So he's got the, uh, the the burner on simmer under his base, too. Yeah, he's saying, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Let's get through the investigation sure. first. Sure you are, Jerry. All sure. Right. California is one of the states spending millions of dollars to try and deal with the homeless crisis without much to show for it. The official term, Marshall, is the West Coast bum explosion. The bum explosion. Anyway, the latest evidence in the federal account on the number of homeless people showing a double-digit increase in the numbers in three San Francisco Bay Area counties over two years. In San Francisco, the number of homeless increased 17% to more than 8,000 in 2019. That is astounding given the amount of money being spent. And given the population, San Francisco has a population of about 800,000. I'm sorry, it's really not astounding. We've explained to you why it is, but it's uh, it's somewhat horrifying. There, well, well, we're going to be talking about this a little bit later on, but I will tell you this. The experience of every big and medium-sized and increasingly small, because we just yeah. got a report from... Uh, Gilroy, California, about they have a bum crisis, and they're going to pour money into it. So the experience of every West Coast city so far is that the more money you spend, the more services you offer, the more bums and junkies you get. Now, the legitimately uh, downtrodden, homeless, mentally, physically handicapped, etc., they are absolutely not included in the term bums and junkies. Right. They are people who, who need our help, and I am more than glad to give it through charitable and occasionally government means, although I'd rather have it be charity. Anyway, um, but every city that's pouring money into this is seeing more and more bums and junkies. My question is, will that effect be infinite? At some point, <laughs> will there just not be any more bums and junkies? When the population of, uh, what is it, San Francisco, San Francisco. Marin and... Santa Alameda? Clara. Yeah, Alameda and San, and uh, Santa Clara County. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. When those three counties have a population of one billion bums and junkies, will they be at the point where pouring money into it just won't draw anymore? Because the idea was, by the kind-hearted who have uh, compassion but not logic, right. that they, this money being poured, all these services would, would get people off the street. No, it's just drawing more. So I just wonder how far that could go. I have a rather strong feeling that San Francisco and Seattle and probably Portland, Portlandia, they will take that experiment to its extreme. So those of you watching from the rest of the country, enjoy the show. All right, I just want to uh, give a heads up to Positive Sean and other cat lovers and owners out there. I've got some sad news. Grumpy Cat, whose sourpuss demeanor became an internet sensation, has passed. Grumpy Cat, you say? Grumpy Cat. Has passed at age seven. Seven. That's young for a cat, isn't it? Well, apparently he had a urinary. <laughs> no idea. Is, it, a... is it the same uh, multiplication for dogs? Is it one to seven? No, that's not. That doesn't work anyway. <laughs> that's silly. You sure about that? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Grumpy cat had a urinary tract infection and passed away peacefully in the arms of his mummy. Oh, this is. We're all in mourning. There you go. See, they well, say don't use a sandbox as your toilet. Maybe you're, you'll be a little more hygienic. <laughs> wow. 
blaming the entire species. Uh, so uh, the the best I've heard is that sort of kind of on average, the first year of a dog's life is equal to about 14 years. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, because, you know, they're a, a full-grown reproductive adult at a year, so the idea that it's seven years of human years right. is just it's just ridiculous. And then you got breeds that routinely live 16 years, and you got breeds that routinely live for eight. So that whole thing is just kind of kind of silly. Baxter, who is now six and a half, which according to the seven-year theory would make him, you know, 50 or so if you had the 14-year. So he's like 60 years old. He charges at full speed into bushes to retrieve tennis balls. He's like one of the Jack Lane types. He's going to be lifting refrigerators up by his teeth right. in his 80s. Yeah, pulling he, tractors. He's got the speed of an antelope. I don't know many 60-plus-year-olds who have the speed of antelopes. In the NBA playoffs, it was the Warriors over the Trailblazers, oh. 114-111. to 111. Golden State leading two games to nothing. Blazers, heck of an effort, but just could not stop the scoring punch of Golden State. So I believe in the fourth quarter, Steph Curry was at the free throw line. Seth Curry was trying to distract him, saying yes. something, chirping in his ear. I'm trying to figure out what was said. Yes. People are being kind of tight-lipped about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not giving Put aside all your other tasks, <laughs> because I saw that, and it was very funny. And listen, you got to root for the underdog, right? I'm not obsessed with it like certain people are politically, but uh, Seth Curry's the underdog brother. Oh, I yeah. mean, his, his, his brother, is a, he's a, headed straight for the fall, Hall of Fame first ballot. So I, I was rooting for Seth, and Seth Curry had a hell of a game last night. He's pouring in threes, making yeah. defensive plays, and, and and shout out to Adele and I believe it's Sonia Curry, the, yes. the the parents Curry. Just how great is that? Just to be in the Western Conference, watching your two sons play each other, like that seems like such a great life experience to to, to oh, yeah. have. It's yeah. cool. And they had a coin flip where uh, I right. believe it was the Misses wore the Golden State. No, Misses wore the Portland jersey last night, and and Dell wore the uh, the Golden State jersey. Right. And then every night they switch. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it is great. <laughs> it's great. And. A healthy family just it brings you pleasure to see it. Oh, by the way, that cat was 44 years old in human years. <laughs> Shut up. I, just, I was back here. Convert. No, it's not. <laughs> Bucks hosted the Raptors tonight. That'll be in game two of the East Finals uh, going on again tonight. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. One more bonus piece of email before we take a quick break. Uh, longtime friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Elise, thinks uh, my my uh, my dream job of going to baseball games and explaining it to people, right. baseball, so they enjoy it more because I love baseball. Uh, she thinks it's an excellent excellent idea. She'll uh, sign up to be in the first group. And then I like this uh, this line: her son's got a baseball scholarship um, to a university, and she says, "Keep the kids in sports, keep them out of the courts." <laughs> I like that. That's Extracurriculars good. in general. Yeah. It's good advice, huh? There is probably a topic that is more lied about than the immigration topic, but I can't think of what it would be. The amount of dishonesty surrounding the discussion is absolutely breathtaking. And during the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, if you are so privileged as to receive it, 
if you're not, just grab the podcast later on if you want. They're posted wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid. But anyway, um, during the next hour, I'm going to be going over a bunch of Gallup poll numbers about the immigration issue. And one of the, I'll go ahead and, and give away the punchline in advance in case you have to go to work or whatever, or, you know, got something going on. Um, the idea that people who want meaningful reform of immigration laws or tighter controls at the border or, um, you know, more more co- uh, coherent um, refugee policies, that, that you're anti-immigrant. The anti-immigrant forces, you hear that term all of the time. There's virtually nobody who's anti-immigrant. Nobody. I don't know who they're describing because I haven't met them. And so we'll get to those statistics. But on the topic of the just god-awful dishonesty, here is one of the most astonishing public figures I've ever observed in my life, Maxine Waters, Congresswoman of California, professional liar, demagogue supreme on the pitiful CNN this morning talking about the president's new uh, proposal for uh, more merit-based immigration and that sort of thing. Use that uh, information uh, to promote himself uh, in a campaign. And I think it is, uh, some of that is very racist. Uh, it is not keeping uh, with what this country is supposed to be all about. It is not what what's, uh, our Statue what's, what's of Liberty just a, what, what was yes. ra- What exactly, just so our viewers know, are you saying is racist there? Well, you know, this business about you must speak English, uh, we're going to give you points uh, for speaking English. And uh, uh, we don't want uh, poor people. We only want those people who are earning substantial wages already. All of those things uh, are not keeping uh, in step with the way that we treat human beings. And even uh, the fact that, you know, he used to talk about chain migration uh, when you were able to help others in the family come. He's going to limit that. And I think that some of those policies are racist. Oh, boy. So you now officially can call anybody racist for anything. Small amount of credit to the anchor for once actually being, hey, can you tell me what do you mean by saying it's racist? Can you explain I, that, please? When he, when he asked that question, I actually drove off the road and ran over three mailboxes. <laughs> I was so shocked. Oh, my God, on CNN? Because they almost never ask any devil's advocate questions. They'll have, like, that, that, that fat idiot Gerald Nadler on, and he'll say, we demand the full... Mueller report unredacted. And the freaking anchors won't even say, well, that would violate federal law because a judge has to uh, order the release of something that's held under grand jury secrecy. They don't even ask that. And it's not even advocating for the devil, asking a, a politician, can you explain that, please? Right, it's it's advocating against the devil in most cases. But So uh, there you go. You're a racist if you think somebody should get extra points for being demonstrably able to support themselves and speak English. English, which, of course, you have to speak to become a citizen of the United States, uh, allegedly. Um, how carefully that's enforced, I do not know. Um, I'm sure Maxine Waters would consider it racist to have uh, immigrants take a civics test to get into the country, to understand our system, how it works, and their responsibilities under the law. I'm sure that's racist, too. I, I tell you what, it-, it used to bother me. Now I just feel like I'm watching the tide come in. Everybody calling everybody a racist and a fascist just for disagreeing with them. If everybody is a racist, nobody is a racist. And that's good news for actual racists. But I I, I don't, I just, 
I don't know. It seems so self-evident to me, but you have to understand that politicians view the world like a, like a mayfly does. The mayfly, which famously has a lifespan of, I don't know, a few days, something like that. Um, certainly any entomologists listening could email us, mailbag at Armstrong and Getty with the precise uh, statistics on the mayfly and its fascinating existence. Five minutes. What? That's brief. What do you want to do today? Uh, it die, doesn't matter. I guess. <laughs> I just die. I'm going to be dead. Uh, anyway, uh, politicians have a view of life like a mayfly. It's just all about the next election cycle. And if they have to stab their mother, call an innocent person a fascist, accuse vast swaths of good, decent Americans racists, they'll do it. Or spend us in a horrific debt that will saddle our children and grandchildren with, you know, unpayable bills. They'll do it. And so those of you who, who idolize any politician, I just do not get you. You can respect them and you can enjoy their policies and want to promote their policies. But, man, if you actually you get all starry-eyed and you cry when they lose, please get over yourself. little uh, bonus mailbag here. What were we talking about yesterday? Men, women, and men speaking and women being mad? I can't remember. But uh, uh, Sue wrote us a nice note. Uh, uh, my late friend's standard line was, if a man speaks and there's no woman around to hear it, is he still wrong? <laughs> And uh, she she misses her friend. That's nice. I'm sorry your friend is gone. But your, uh, through your memories, he lives on, right? Uh, let's see. Oh, here. What, what are you? How, I think how, that's more true than how, people realize. How much time do we have, Michael? Sorry. Oh, we have plenty of time. There's a nice note from uh, Lance. Uh, I've got a great feature on CNN coming up. Um, randomly caught a hilarious and fairly exhaustive CNN fact check on the new Alabama abortion law. What caught my attention is one of their fact check points was that only 1% of abortions are uh, performed or considered late term and it was presented that with a tone of people are so focused on this when in reality it's such a small percentage that it's not even worth considering i'm not a gun guy but i wonder how the same cnn anchors would react to the stats on what a small percentage of guns are used in school shootings or what a small percentage of americans have ever been convicted of a gun crime or hate crime i think in those cases they would say and rightly so that even one incident is too many interesting contrast there uh, uh, lance and well pointed out. Um, coming up, uh, CNN's going to come in for kicking, and we're going to talk about the reality of immigration in America. I guarantee you will find it interesting. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.